into the arms of Davis. And the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rookie record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. Today is Saturday, December 17th, and on today's episode, we will take a look at the recent transfer portal news as it relates to the Wildcats football team, and then we will shift our focus over to the hardwood and preview Kentucky's big-time matchup this afternoon with the UCLA Bruins. We will follow that up by making our AOK college basketball picks and update the standings from last week as we get things kicked off. But Sam, before we get to any of this, I have a very pressing question for you. You went and saw the new Avatar movie last night. Was the movie worth the three hours of your time or was the hype all for nothing? Yeah, thanks for bringing us in there, AJ. Uh, The long wait for the public has finally come to an end, and Avatar, I think it's Way of of the Water, is officially released. I did spend my Friday evening in the movie theaters checking out the hype, AJ. I'd say uh, you posed that question perfectly because three hours and some change is a long time to be sitting in a movie theater. I was in one of those AMC theaters, so the the seats do not recline. I think that's going to be critical, AJ, for your experience, because my my butt might have fallen asleep four or five times, AJ. I I was struggling to move. It was a packed house, so I didn't want to be the guy that, you know, stands up and takes a walk or goes to the bathroom or anything like that. But but here's my take on it, honestly, AJ. It is probably one of the most impressive visually – appealing movies i have ever seen i mean it gives you the exact experience that you want go see it in theaters if you're gonna see it because those you know those theaters they just add the element of the widescreen the sounds and it really immerses you in the world of pandora if you will aj and i think it's totally worth it to at least go see in person it's a long one don't get me wrong so i think you know they could have afforded to cut out a few scenes here and there. It's uh, it's definitely got some cliche moments throughout it to where you're kind of mad at the the writing because you're just like, oh, okay, we, we get it, you know. I mean, um, but at the same time, it, it's extremely exciting. A lot of great action scenes visually. I mean, it's it's unmatched to anything I've ever seen. We think back, you know, a decade ago, AJ, when Avatar first came out, and it was like wow, we've never seen something like this, and it was revolutionary. And I think James Cameron was able to somewhat replicate that again with just the developments of technology and CGI. And 
I, I think they did one of the strongest, you know, visually appealing movies I've ever seen. So um, it's definitely worth it to at least see in in person because I think you're going to add that, you know, extra couple layers of elements of, you know, the overall experience as opposed to maybe seeing it on, you know, your, your 45-inch, 48-inch, you know, home screen. So um, I, I'd say my stamp of approval, go see it. I think you will enjoy it. I think it's a movie that most people are going to be shocked. There's definitely some twists, some heartache, some fun. So overall, yes, I, I would definitely recommend going see it in person, AJ. Well, there you have it, folks. Seems like Avatar is worth the three hours if you're into that type of thing. Seems like a lot of fun. Appreciate you breaking that down, giving your honest opinion on the movie, Sam. I know that's what everybody came here to listen to. Let's get back into the world of Kentucky sports. We're going to start it off here with a little bit of football talk. Transfer portal, like I said earlier, and then we'll get to the basketball stuff. But Sam, we've talked about it quite a lot over the last couple of weeks and the transfer portal has been on fire there has been no mistakes when it comes to that just kind of the way that college football and college sports are trending at this point almost like a free agency and since the last time we talked we've seen one more player from the Kentucky Wildcats decide to hit the transfer portal and honestly, Sam came as a little bit of a shock to me. I did not really see this coming, but um, offensive tackle Keontae Goodwin, after his first season with the Wildcats, elects to enter the transfer portal. When you look at Keontae, came in as one of our highest recruits, really, and you thought that he would be able to find his way to make a big impact on the team. Never really carved out a consistent role on that offensive line. So very interesting to see him willing to pack his bags and try to go somewhere else. Maybe he's looking for a better fit somewhere, somewhere he can develop a little bit more and get some more playing time. Um, But unfortunate to lose him to the portal. But like I said, that's kind of just the way that things are going and trending at this time. He is the only person who has entered the portal from the Kentucky Wildcats in the last week or so. Um, But some big news as far as guys transferring in over the past week or so. So we're going to look at probably a couple names that may be not super familiar to everybody, but guys who are going to come in and be able to make an impact on this football team, starting with offensive tackle from Northern Illinois University, Marcus Cox. You look at Marcus Cox, a very good football player. We got a chance to see him play against Kentucky earlier in the season. Clearly, um, he was impressed with what was going on here, felt like he could make a jump and have an impact on this football team. So great to be able to get an offensive tackle. We need to start to sure up this big blue wall, something that definitely faltered this season and has been a real foundational piece of this Kentucky Wildcats football team. So really good to see an offensive tackle being able to transfer in. We'll keep our eyes on that. And then a guy from the defensive side of the ball. And Sam, a defensive back, which 
I'll let you get to was definitely a position of need for this Kentucky Wildcats team, believe it or not, going forward. And that is none other than J.Q. Hardaway. He transfers over from Cincinnati. And you're talking about both these players. They're both impact players for the teams they were on, should be able to come over, work very hard, and be able to make an impact going forward. Lastly, the third player who has not decided where he is going to transfer, but has Kentucky in his final two, and that is Alabama cornerback Kyrie Jackson. Now he announced he is in the transfer portal. He has windled his list down to two teams, being the Kentucky Wildcats and the Oregon Ducks. He plans to make his decision tomorrow on the 18th. So we will keep you guys posted on next episode. We will let you know what he decides. Hopefully he decides to come to Kentucky and continue to bolster that secondary for the Wildcats. And Sam, it's been crazy. A ton of guys moving teams and whatnot. And like I said, these guys should be able to come in and make an impact and Can you kind of expand on why we needed some of that help in the secondary going forward and what kind of impact these guys can make? Yeah, I mean, realistically, AJ, entering into this this offseason, the cornerback position wasn't exactly an immediate concern. The Wildcats thought as though we could probably fulfill some roles um, through the secondary, through just our natural way of the high school recruiting trail. However... Carrington Valentine has decided to forego his remaining eligibility with the Wildcats and ask for special authority to be able to enter his name into the NFL draft. Seems as though he's going to be um, ultimately leaving the Kentucky Wildcats football program, AJ, which is something we, like we said, was not accounted for entering into the offseason. You know, he really flourished this season, AJ. He was able to take the ball away in a special way for us and deflect a lot of breakup plays. So it's going to be something that we have to address, like you were alluding to, AJ, with impact players that are immediate. It sounds as though we were able to do that with JQ Hardaway coming from us from Cincy. We've seen Cincy kind of, I mean, honestly, AJ, almost turn into a dumpster fire, if you will. Obviously, head coach leaves and all of the recruits do as well. So it it was a great opportunity for the Wildcats to be able to scoop up some much-needed talent. When you bring up a guy like Kyrie Jackson out of Alabama, that is a guy that I want, AJ. He's an immediate impact player. Watch some of his game film. I mean, that guy is high-flying, and he gets around the entire football field. Definitely someone you want on your roster and to build around. I think he has those leadership qualities, AJ, coming from Alabama that um, you know Nick Saban always tries to sniff out and build his defenses around. I think this guy could be exactly that going for the Wildcats secondary moving forward. Overall, I think we've got a lot of good things in the works. Um, but I don't think the depth's there yet, AJ. Even if we get Kyrie Jackson, I think we cannot stop there. We have to go and get depth at that secondary position. That is a tough position. You're playing almost every single down, AJ. And as you could see throughout the season for the Wildcats this past year, we really struggled at depth at times. And we had to go to the well. And thankfully, we were able to get a lot of needed production from our, you know, 
second and third unit in our secondary. So that's something that you have to prepare for going into next season. It's not about, you know, having two four-star recruits come in and, and fill a needed role. We also have to create that depth to where, you know, we can forego any brutal injuries or mishaps throughout the rest of the season next year. So um, that's definitely something I'm, I'm looking to address throughout the remaining recruitment battles in the transfer portal. I also wanted to bring up a few more names, AJ, and just give our listeners a quick update. I know these names have been flashing around the UK transfer portal, but I will say Graham Mertz, quarterback for Wisconsin in the transfer portal, who we once thought was a Sherlock for the Kentucky Wildcats, as reported from ESPN. Graham is actually on campus as we speak right now, AJ. He is doing his official UK. It was a little delayed as opposed to the timeline that we thought he was committing to Kentucky. Um, But fear less, he's in Lexington. Looks like he's having a good start to his weekend. But something to keep note of, especially with the developments and the updating news from quarterback Devin Leary, transfer from North Carolina State, AJ. It sounds like he has picked up momentum with the Wildcats. However, he as well, is on an official visit as we speak to Auburn, AJ. So, um, obviously, SEC rival Auburn. It is a interesting predicament because they are in total rebuild. They had a disastrous year this past season, AJ. And I can honestly say they need to address the quarterback position just as badly as the Kentucky Wildcats. This is going to be a slugfest of a recruitment battle. I know within Big Blue Nation, I'm seeing all over Twitter, it's almost like, okay, wave the flag, we're not going to win Devin. I wouldn't jump ship quite yet. It sounds like we have a slight timeline on Liam Cohen when he's coming to Lexington, AJ. I think Mark Stoops and staff know that, and they know the recruitment battles that they are supposed to be on for him and for his ideal quarterback. I would not say let's you know take all our chips back and not ante up, I think we can, AJ. I think we are definitely going to give our best effort to try to land Devin first. I think Graham is a great safety net if we do not ultimately land Devin Leary. But something to keep your eyes on as we progress through this and they ultimately set a timeline for the decision-making process, we will update you guys accordingly. But my honest opinion, AJ, I think it's not quite done, and the Wildcats do have a pulse in both of those recruitment battles still. Definitely a long way to go as far as building this roster for the next season. We will continue to keep you guys updated. Recruitment is is as hot as ever right now, so we will continue to keep you guys in the loop, let you know when some young men decide to potentially be Kentucky Wildcats going forward. A lot of excitement, Sam, around the football world, but even more excitement right now within the college basketball realm. As we look today, Sam, 97 games on the college basketball slate for today, Saturday, December 17th. A ton of of primetime top 25 matchups 
and a great chance to see some of the best teams in the country compete against one another and most teams' last chance to be able to secure an impactful non-conference win before they start their grueling conference schedules. Among these games is the one that we came all came here for, and that is the matchup taking place this afternoon at Madison Square Garden between two of the most historic programs in college basketball, one being the Kentucky Wildcats and two, the UCLA Bruins. When you look at these two programs, Sam, there is combined 4,308 victories and 19 national championships. Safe to say that there is a lot of history between these two programs. Kentucky holds a slight edge, winning eight of their 15 all-time meetings with the Bruins. And more recently, as we look at the CBS Sports Classic, Kentucky and UCLA have traded wins in their two meetings with one another. As we look As we look at this year's matchup, I think it's safe to say that it's shaping up to be another great one. UCLA comes in as a modest one-and-a-half point favorite and sits at number 16 in the nation, winning six games in a row while coming off an absolutely dominating 87-60 victory on the road over a good Maryland Turpins Terrapins team led by senior standouts Jaime Jaquez Jr. and Tiger Campbell. On the other side, the last time the Wildcats played basketball, we saw Oscar Sheebway absolutely take over and enforce his will on the Yale Bulldogs during the second half to help build some momentum leading into today for the Wildcats. As we look at this matchup, Sam, there seems to be a lack of a strong presence down low for the UCLA Bruins and reigning National Player of the Year, Oscar Sheebay, should be able to pick up right where he left off and I promise you guys we will get there and we will talk all about it but Sam I wanted to start in a different place as there is no doubt in my mind that in order to win this game Kentucky is going to have to have a very strong defensive effort so with that being said what do the Wildcats need to do today defensively in order to slow down and limit the play of seniors Jaime Jaquez Jr. and Tiger Campbell yeah, I mean, this is a marquee matchup, AJ. It's going to be an absolute slugfest. You said it best. This UCLA team is coming off of a resounding top 20 matchup win against Maryland. I, I've i talked briefly on this podcast about Maryland as they were one of my picks originally last week, AJ. I think that was a statement win for this UCLA Bruins team. I, I think... That's exactly what Kentucky is now trying to get on their resume, AJ, as we match up against this top 20 team here. UK got a good win on a neutral site against the Michigan Wolverines. But since that win, we now dropped them out, AJ. So now we need another staple win for this team to progress throughout the rest of the season, AJ. We talked about the non-conference a few episodes ago, but we don't have that many remaining opportunities to build our resume for that selection Sunday down the road, AJ. It's going to be a big one. Like you said, they're giving UCLA the slight edge. I think most of that comes from the resounding win that UCLA was able to put together last week. But I like our chances, and you are absolutely right. 
it starts on the defensive effort. We've talked about how efficient our team is defensively, AJ. We're a top 20 defensive effort team in the entire country, according to Kim Palm. Today it has to show, AJ. It, it has to show. And when you bring up Hame Hakez and Tiger Campbell, those are the two guys that we absolutely have to limit throughout the rest of the day. It's going to be a challenge. But I watched that game against Maryland, AJ, and I've checked out the tape on UCLA. What they love to get you in is honestly one-on-one basketball. They love to break you down and have create opportunities for those guards that can go out and get their buckets, AJ. Tiger Campbell has the ability to break you down off the dribble. Also, what he does best, in my opinion, AJ, is he facilitates the basketball, mostly to Jaime Hawkes. That's where we have to focus defensively, AJ. You said we've got the presses down low. I I don't expect them to be able to maybe necessarily bang the ball down low on us, but what they do want to do is they want to force bad shots on you, AJ, because you're a good defensive team, and they want to get out and run, which is kind of funny because that's the exact offense that the Kentucky Wildcats like to play. It's going to be interesting, AJ. I don't necessarily think Kentucky wants to get out and absolutely make this a track fest because I do think that's when UCLA is at their best. We want to force them into the half-court set, slow down their offensive rhythm, and make sure that we're keen in on Jaime Jaquez and Tiger Campbell. I think those are going to be two massive assignments for most likely Kaysom Wallace and whoever else wants to step up and make some defensive effort plays today. I really am intrigued to see who John Calipari puts on these respective guards, but it's going to be a challenging one. And like I said, it all starts with limiting them to the half court, AJ. And if they're going to try to break us down one-on-one, I do actually think that that's when the Kentucky Wildcats defense is at its best, specifically because on guard ball or yeah, ball-dominant defensive efforts is not an issue right now when we have the likes of Kaysom Wallace, Severe Wheeler, who can pick you up the entirety of the court, AJ, all 94 feet. He's not afraid to do it. He'll get right up in you. The biggest thing for me, AJ, is we have to do it without fouling. We have to do it without fouling, y'all, because we cannot have the likes of Kaysom Wallace, the likes of Jacob Toppin, or the likes of Oscar Sheboy, AJ, get into foul trouble early. When I say they like to get out and run, I'm not lying. And what they like to do is attack the basket. You don't want to get in foul trouble in those instances, AJ, because we're not going to be able to create offensively if those guys are sitting on the bench. We've seen it at times. We really have. So where it starts for me, AJ, is the best defensive effort is good, efficient offense. We cannot be putting up bad shots, AJ. We can't. I know you wanted to start defensively, but I think that's the most critical piece. If we're forcing up bad shots and they're leading us into inopportune shots, they're going to rebound, AJ, and they're going to get out and run. We cannot allow that. We have to go through our progressions, and I want to see our offense run through Oscar Sheboy. I want to see him get his touches early, and I want him to try to facilitate out, AJ, because – That's when we get our best looks, and I don't want bad shots early. We saw what that looks like against some bigger matchups. Think back to that Gonzaga game, AJ. We weren't hitting shots early. We weren't getting great looks, and Gonzaga got out 
and broke us down, and they did it with some one-on-one play, which was a little concerning. Drew Timmy absolutely bodied us, and look at the result that we saw come from that game, AJ. I'm not saying that they have a presence like Drew Timmy, but this guard play from UCLA is elite, AJ. It's going to be a true test for us, and I think it really does start offensively. We cannot be putting up bad looks, but for you, AJ, how does the Kentucky Wildcats' defense slow down what we just witnessed in their resounding win against Maryland and this awesome guard play? Yeah, Sam, I think I think you, you hit on some really good points there. And so, you know, the reason I brought up those two seniors for UCLA is just the experience that those guys had. I mean, they have seen it all. They've been in, in a ton of different games on the road, at home, in different environments. You saw them a couple years ago when nobody expected anything out of them, and they make an absolutely deep march run into the tournament and and really shock some people and and since then all they've done is just build upon what they started and they've lost some pieces along the way they've added some pieces in but these two guys right here are the stabilizing forces of this team sam i've talked about it in multiple games this season but when you look at the ucla bruins you're talking about another team who doesn't turn the ball over. They're top five in the country at not turning the ball over. And you said it. They have multiple guys on their team that they can throw the ball to and they can beat you one-on-one and create a shot from anywhere on the court. And it starts with Jaquez. He is really the motor that drives their offense. They want to get him the ball. They want to let him work in space and create his own shot and force the defense to collapse onto him and to be able to kick out to other players. When you look at Tiger Campbell, he's a guy who can run the fast break tremendously well. He can settle his team down in the half court and be able to move the ball around and get something flowing. So, Sam, we continue to talk about it, but our guards, they need absolutely need to be aggressive and get up in to Tiger Campbell and these other guards without fouling. Cannot afford to get into foul trouble because we don't know where this game can go if some of our better players are sitting there on the bench. So I think the communication between the defense and this is something to watch. When Hawkes gets the ball, whether he catches it at the elbow down low in the post, outside on the wing. When he makes a move, I'm very interested to see, is John Calipari going to ask his team to double and force him to move the ball, or are we just going to play him straight up one-on-one? And you kind of have to pick your poison there because maybe you start off with only one guy on, but if he gets it going, then you're forced to double team, right? So it'll be interesting to see whether they send some late traps his way, try to pin down and steal the ball from him and force him into some tough situations. But that's that's the one thing on defense that I'm really looking for today is how do we elect to defend Hawkes? Because when you do not choose right or you don't defend him the right way, he is one guy who can get hot and he can really torch you and put you in for a bad night. So have to always account for where he is on the court at all times. And then, Sam, when you look, I think you brought up a wonderful point. I think a great 
piece of our defensive effort today is how we play on offense. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but you brought it up, Sam. It has to start with Oscar Shibway. This cannot be a game where we wait till the second half, like last game against Yale, to impose what Oscar Shibway is, right? From the beginning of the game, the game plan has to be move the ball around, find a way to get good entry passes into Oscar down low. Once the ball is there, if you choose to double and triple team, okay, we're going to kick it right back out and we're going to shoot open threes, right? And if you choose to not put a bunch of defenders on him, we're going to throw the ball to him down low in the post and he's going to work and he's getting to the foul line or he's putting it in the basket. So starting the game on the right foot, establishing what you want to do offensively for the Wildcats That is going to help us take those good shots, Sam. That is going to limit the bad shots that we take. It's going to allow the Kentucky Wildcats to get back in transition, pick guys up, and be able to force UCLA to methodically work the ball around all game long trying to find points. When you look at the UCLA Bruins, they are one of the most efficient teams on offense in the entire country. When you look at the Kentucky Wildcats, one of the most efficient defensive teams in the country. So something's got to give a little bit today, Sam, and we're really looking for Kentucky to dial it up just a notch. I think we've all seen what we can be at times and in spurts. We haven't seen that one game, Sam, where Kentucky puts it together from the tip to the final whistle, right? And I think if they're able to do that today, there's no reason why they can't find a way to win this game it's going to be an absolute battle that's for sure but that's where I look on the defensive end Sam like you said good shots on offense getting back on defense in transition in communication pick up don't just run back to run back run back to guard somebody and to pick somebody up and listen they're going to score They're going to have nice sets on offense. They're going to get some buckets here and there, right? We have to limit them going on these big-time runs where they go on a 12-0 run or a 15-3 run or something like that where they start to extend this lead out and start to put the pressure on us. I don't want to have to see the Kentucky Wildcats play from behind in a game like this. You brought it up earlier, Sam, the Gonzaga game. If we had not gotten down early... We could have stayed with them and had a chance to win the entire game, but you can't afford to go down. Sure, you can go down six or seven points in the swings of the game, but we can't afford to be going down 12, 15, 16, 17 points and then have to fight and claw our way back. This team that we're playing today is just too good to be able to do things like that. So that's what I have from, from a defensive perspective, Sam. And it is all tied together with what we're doing on offense. So we've talked a lot about Oscar Sheway and, and, and his presence down low and getting him involved in the game early. So if we do that, then what does that open up for the Kentucky Wildcats on offense? And, and who else should be able to have a chance to shine and help us win today? Yeah, well, well, you kind of alluded to it earlier, AJ, but this UCLA Bruins team does not have a dominating presence down low. That's our opportunity to get not only Oscar Shibuya involved, but everyone involved. Because that that creates matchups where they are going to have to send help, AJ. I mean, if we can get clean entry passes into Oscar in the post, they are going to send help. 
And that's where Oscar can be at his best. Absorb that help, AJ. Stay calm. Look for your opportunity to score first. If it's not there, then you got to facilitate it to the exterior. And that's where we we just we've got to knock down shots, AJ. You have to knock down shots. We're going to be able to create sets where we get open looks. And it's going to be by design from UCLA, AJ, with probably early on guys that we don't necessarily want to create shots for. That might be someone like Severe Wheeler from three, Jacob Toppin from three, both of which have not showed great efficiency early this season. Severe is going to have opportunities to put up the ball. Jacob, I think he's going to have opportunities to put the ball up, especially from the perimeter. He's shooting 11% from the perimeter, AJ, on the year, AJ. So here's where I want to break this down. Offensively, we know our workhorse and Oscar Sheepway is going to be able to create sizable advantages down low, and I want to get him going early, AJ. The next biggest piece to me is our ball movement from Oscar sets down low. If he's able to work to the perimeter, I need, I need, I need, I need, AJ, Severe and Jacob to be in attack mode every time Oscar is able to absorb the double team, the triple team, and when they get the ball in their hands, I don't need you to settle. I I can't have you settle, especially Jacob. You're shooting 11% from three on the year, AJ. We saw the flashes. We know you can hit down some shots. We saw it in the Bahamas. But you haven't elevated that part of your game in these types of matchups. So what do you do best? You use your length, the athleticism, your size, and you get to the basket. Rotate the ball. If Oscar absorbs the double team, the triple team, and you're wide open for three, it's for a reason. That's their play design. Take those two, three steps and attack the basket and make a decision. The decision-making there is going to be critical, AJ. I do not want to see us settling early. We know who we need to get shots for. Those are our guards, Kaysom Wallace, Antonio Reeves. I think we're going to see an opportunity for C.J. Frederick to get some minutes today. He's kind of stepped back behind the curtain, AJ. I think this is an opportunity we can get him going because – that is a guy that he's a flamethrower. He's a microwave. You turn it on, he's going to heat up. He hasn't been able to quite do that just yet. I think this is a, a decent matchup. But we'll see if he can hang in there long enough to make an impact. Because, AJ, if he's not making shots, I don't trust him enough in this setting with their guard play to hold up defensively. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. That decision-making piece and being aggressive early, AJ, is critical for the Kentucky Wildcats' success and good shot rate. Because like I said, we can't be taking bad shots. And I would definitely consider most opportunities from three for Severe and for Jacob, bad shots, AJ. So I know Oscar can get get with the best of them and grab offensive boards like no other in the entire country. We don't want to be putting ourselves in that position because this is actually a fairly good rebounding UCLA Bruins team Team rebounding, they've got just around 35 a game. For comparison, guys, we pull in around like 41 a game. So it's respective. Like I said, and they do that with a team collective effort, AJ, because they don't have that dominating presence down low. They all hit the boards, and they get out 
and they run with their guards. That's where I think we have to be aggressive, get to the basket, get to the free throw line, and break down this UCLA team. Bring the energy, bring the heat, and bring the physicality because I don't think the physicality is what UCLA wants to see today, AJ. These Kentucky Wildcats players are built tougher, and I mean that wholeheartedly because no disrespect to UCLA, but their they're West Coast basketball, AJ, they like to run, they like to gun, and they like to put up shots and create one-on-one opportunities. When you come to the SEC, AJ, we work through our sets, we rotate the ball, and we play physical, and we go downhill, and we get to the rim, and that's what we have to do today offensively to disrupt the rhythm of what UCLA wants to do for the rest of the game. Because I'm telling you, AJ, you, you take a couple of bruises early on, you can lose your mental state in what you're trying to do for the rest of the game. And I, th- I think that's actually a critical piece today, AJ, because guards like Kaysom Wallace, I think this is where you can thrive on the biggest setting in Madison Square Garden. We've seen it before from Kentucky guards. Here's your opportunity, kid. Go out, be you, be physical, be dominating, and assert your presence early. Everyone kind of needs to take almost a slice of that Oscar Sheboy pie this morning, AJ, and say, hey, let's almost replicate the heart and the determination that Oscar plays with, and let's all go out there and play very similar because the more physical, the more assertive we can be, the more disruptive we will make it for this UCLA Bruins team defensively. But where do you think Kentucky goes to get their best looks? At times when they're able to shut Oscar Sheboy down, AJ, because let's let's be honest, he can't score every single possession. Yeah, Sam, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's it's Xavier Wheeler and Jacob Toppin being aggressive and not settling for outside jump shots. Use your strengths that you have to your advantage. And then outside of them, I'm looking at our shooters. When Oscar has the ball down low, get open. Be ready. You've seen Kaysen Wallace. He is the best on our team at it. He finds a spot on the court, right? Gets his feet set, and he is waiting, ready to catch the ball. He catches the ball, and he is ready to go up and shoot it. And that's what him and Antonio Reeves and C.J. Frederick and the rest of these guys have to be ready to do. When you're open and that ball swings around to you, fire it. You got the green light. If they're going to leave you open, you got to fire. Like you said, Sam, they are probably going to try to force us to get outside shots for our guys who aren't necessarily good three-point shooters. We can't take the bait. Do not take the bait, okay? I don't care if you're open. Just drive the ball and kick it or move it. And it needs to be a lot of movement on offense. I need to see Jacob Toppin getting more involved. Do not just stand around, man. When when Shiway is fighting and battling down low, cut to the basket. Make it an easy pass for him. Get to the rim. Get on the offensive glass. Please, man. You are such a key to what we do, and Oscar can't do it alone. He needs other guys out there to help him. We've seen Chris Livingston do it at times, but he's not getting enough playing time to make a big enough impact throughout the course of the game. So we need you, Jacob to be that guy who can jump out of the gym. We haven't even said it once. We, there's there's not been one play this entire season where we said, yep, that's the guy who can freaking jump out of the gym, right? 
And so we talked about it on last episode. He was very non-existent against Yale. He needs to be assertive tonight. And Sam, like I said, it's just about having that good offense. When our shooters get the open looks, you need to shoot it. And that should be the game plan on offense. And then you touched on it, Sam. The most important part of this basketball game in my eyes. And just for the record here, me and Sam, we don't really share notes before when we talk about these games and things. Yeah, we know where we want to go, but we like to be able to chit chat with one another and kind of see where the other person is thinking and how it may be different and the same. But Sam, I could have sworn you were just taken straight from my notes because in all caps, physicality is what I had down. And I'm not saying the UCLA Bruins are soft by any means. I think they're a mentally tough team. They're a team that's been through a lot of it, and they understand what these big games mean, and they're not going to be afraid in these moments, right? But your physicality and who you are as a team can wear them down over the course of a game, and that's what we want to see. It may be tight early. We may be down a little bit. But as that time in the second half starts to wind down, If we do our job and enforce our physicality and our will on this basketball team, you should be able to see some of those chinks in their armor and you should be able to see some of those cracks defensively and we should be able to get the ball into the position that we want to do. We want it to be to be able to go out there to score enough points to win. And the physicality, it starts on both ends of the basketball court, Sam, defensively, offensively. And I think if the Kentucky Wildcats are able to set that tone of physicality from the jump, we give ourselves the best chance to be able to come out with a victory. And I think, you know, you look at Oscar Shibwe, Sam, leading up to this game, previewing it himself. He said, we've got to be the ones who fight. He said, I haven't won an MSG. I want to win there, right? We have to be the guys who fight till the end. He continues to talk about it as our leader. And he's, he's you know, basically just the mouthpiece to John Calipari at times because you know what Cal's telling him is whoever fights the hardest is going to be the one who comes out with the victory. And this is another game, Sam, where if you fight and claw your way to the end, you should be able to come out victorious. So it is all about the tone we set from the beginning, the physicality. And this isn't just, hey, let's go beat them up and push them around. No, you, you, you establish your physicality within the game, okay? Oscar Shibwe, getting people down low and being physical and, and creating position. The rest of the guys, top in. If Onyenso comes in the game, Livingston, Damian Collins, potentially Lance Ware if he gets in there. Crash the glass, box people out, get a body on them. Do not give them easy lanes to the basket to lay the ball in, things of that nature. You need to make them work. It's a long game and you can start to see some of the effects where on teams over time, if you're able to impose that physicality, Sam. So for me, that is just the overarching big thing that we need to pay attention to for this game. And I think if the if the Wildcats are able to do those things, we should be able to come out with a victory. That's all about I have as far as that's concerned, Sam. Do you see any other matchups with the UCLA Bruins or things that you've uncovered over the course of the last week or so that we can have success with. I mean, you're looking at a UCLA team, Sam, who have four guys who start in double figures, okay? 
They're a very experienced basketball team. They start two seniors, a junior. They've got a ton of experience, a very well-coached team with Mick Cronin. So what else is there that we're not looking at that the Kentucky Wildcats have to do today? They've got to absorb some runs that UCLA is ultimately going to go on at times. AJ, you said it, but they are going to get points and they're going to be able to create shots for themselves at times, AJ. And they're going to go on some runs and we have to absorb those blows, AJ. The way I break down this game is quarters. You have to win quarters of this game, AJ, and look at five-minute stretches as a quarter, in my honest opinion, of each single half. Because, AJ, we talked about it, but fast start. Can't get out and be sluggish and not impose our will early in this basketball game. The reason I bring that up is because when you're going against an opponent that scores nearly 82 points a game and they've played some very competitive teams so far, especially as of late with, you know, Maryland, the likes of Oregon, and Stanford, AJ. All of those teams, except for that Oregon game where it was a, it was a s- slow-moving 65-56 to 56 win for UCLA, they've been putting up 80-plus points. They're going to go on runs, and you have to absorb those blows and make sure that you're not allowing that five-minute quarter to turn into a half, AJ. Because that's where you create problems for yourselves and you have to blow your game plan and go fight for yourselves. And I don't like that style of play. We've seen that at times throughout the season where you just have to go out and be the better team. We've struggled to get there. This is a massive test for the Kentucky Wildcats, AJ. And it comes at a time where the UCLA Bruins are feeling good about themselves. Do not let them get that offensive rhythm by going on a five-minute stretch and turning that into a 10-minute stretch that turns into a half, AJ. Break this game down by five-minute increments. The two most critical, in my honest opinion, AJ, are that first five and that last five. I want all of our listeners to really pay attention to those two things because the beginning of the half and the end of the first half are two points in the game where you cannot allow – this UCLA Bruins team to get out and go on a run against you because that is all the momentum and you do not want to have to crawl out of a hole. We already talked about that, but I think that's the last angle that I look at this game, AJ, because we said it, this team really likes to get out and run and they can blitz you. They can. It's really difficult, AJ, to assert your dominance and your physicality when you're allowing a team to get out and run on you and put up points in quick, you know, five-minute spurts. So that that's kind of my last angle. I mean, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a marquee matchup, man. Sure. Madison Square Garden. Sure is, Sam. And, and you know, last couple times these two teams have matched up in the CBS Sports Classics. They've been classics. They're great games. Two absolutely historic programs fighting one another to come out with the victory And like you said, Sam, one of the last opportunities for Kentucky to grab a marquee non-conference win before they head into their conference schedule should be a fun one. Obviously, game will be on CBS as they are sponsoring this sports classic. 
Come this afternoon, we will all be glued to our TVs watching the Kentucky Wildcats and the UCLA Bruins. Always love these non-conference matchups. Should be an absolutely electric day of college basketball. Speaking of, Sam, our last segment for the day is our AOK college basketball picks. And as we look back to last week, it is yours truly sitting on top of the standings with six points as I had Michigan State on the road against Penn State a victor. We had OSU squeaking out a home win and Xavier on the road against Cincinnati in a game where they led by 20, 25 points and almost blew it. I was Oh man, it, that that was a tough one. I thought they were going to completely blow it, but they end up coming away. So I end the first week with six points, Sam. You get a victory with Kansas on the road at Missouri. Three and a half point spread. I don't know what the odds makers were thinking there. Kansas Most resounding just, win of the season, yes, I think. <laughs> they run away and hide in the first half. I mean, absolutely blow the doors off of Missouri, putting a screeching halt to the hype that they had to start their season. But you pick up two points there, Sam. So after the first week, we're looking at me with six, you with two. It is a brand new week, Sam. I got a little lucky with some of my games last week. You got a little unlucky with yours. We'll see if the tide turns this week. But we've got four more picks from each of us to go. And I'll get things kicked off here, Sam. My first game that I'm going with is a team that lost a tough one last week to the Alabama Crimson Tide, and that's the Houston Cougars. They're going on the road against the Virginia Cavaliers today, a top-five matchup in college basketball. Should be an absolute defensive slugfest. Same words I used to describe the Kentucky Wildcats and the Iowa Hawkeyes bowl game coming up here in a few weeks, but two defenses that really get after you. Points are going to be hard to come by, but I like Houston to be able to go on the road, bounce back after that disappointing loss against the Alabama Crimson Tide and be able to come away with a victory. They're sitting as a modest two and a half point favorite right now, but I will take them as they travel on the road against Virginia. What is your first pick, my friend? I mean, it is an absolute loaded college basketball Saturday, AJ. It's going to be extremely fun. Marquee matchups left and right. I know what I'm going to be doing today. I know what you're going to be doing today. I like that first pick. I think I want to start out in the Big East, AJ. There is a strong matchup as the 8-3 and three Providence Friars take on the 7-4 and four Seton Hall Pirates. I'm taking Seton Hall at home, AJ, they are going up against a very familiar face to all of Big Blue Nation in the efforts that Providence is led by in former Kentucky Wildcat Bryce Hopkins. He's been able to have actually a very strong start to his season, AJ, averaging nearly 15 points, almost nine rebounds. He's had a lot of production, and they look for him in these types of matchups to really move the needle for this basketball team. Reason I like Seton Hall, AJ, is they're at home and they know how to give you an absolute defensive struggle. And I really look for them to get out, stop these Providence, this Providence team from getting in an offensive rhythm. And I think they are able to come away 
with a much-needed W as when they look in the rear view, AJ, they have a looming bad loss against Kansas, 91-65. to They need to overcome that, and they need to start the Big East Conference play off with a bang. I like it, Sam. Nothing like taking a home team. And uh, to be honest with you, I've got a couple road teams on my uh, picks today, so... We'll see if they can come out with the victories, but it should be tough. The next place I'm going is right back to the well where we started here today, Sam, and I'm taking the Kentucky Wildcats. I think this is a prime position for them to get a resounding win against the UCLA Bruins. you got UCLA coming in off a very hot night against <clears throat> excuse me, the Maryland Terrapins. I think they come back down to earth a little bit. They struggle a little bit more offensively than they're used to. I think Kentucky's going to find a way. I know I sound like a homer. I'm not going to take Kentucky every week and pick them, but I think this is a game. I like the spot. I think they're getting a little disrespected, not being a favorite here. I think they are the better basketball team, and I think they come out and put together their best performance of the year. You get contributions from all. All the players, everyone steps up, plays a key role, and the Wildcats come away with a resounding win on a neutral court at MSG. Sam, what is your second pick? Well, you know I love that pick, AJ. I I absolutely love that pick. But, you know, I'm going to stick with the team that was able to get me my first win two weeks ago, AJ, and that is the Kansas Jayhawks. They have a marquee matchup as they are at home, A.J., taking on the number 14 Indiana Hoosiers. I look for some key matchups here. I know we talked a little off-screen, A.J., but the Kansas Jayhawks are not led by any efforts of which come from their big man. I think this is definitely something to keep an eye on. You do not want to have a slugfest down low because that is where the Indiana Hoosiers will win nine times out of ten with these matchups. We need to see the likes of Grady Dick coming off of a massive performance have another explosive afternoon. I like them at home. It's an insanely tough environment to play under. We know that, AJ. We've been there. Again, I look for Kansas to continue a strong start to their season and improve to 10-1. and All right, Sam. Well, I kind of teased it earlier, but my next – Two picks actually are both road teams and they're great teams, but they're also going up against some great teams. And the first one I'm taking is Tennessee. They are going on the road at Arizona today. A classic matchup of something's got to give. You've got one of the most high powered, efficient offenses in the country in the Arizona Wildcats. And then you have the best number one defensive team in the country in the Tennessee Volunteers. They're catching three and a half on the road. I think they're able to do enough defensively tonight to be able to squeak out a road victory against the Arizona Wildcats. And then, Sam, I'm taking a team in which the Kentucky Wildcats struggled with earlier this season, and that's the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They're traveling across the country to play a very tough team in the Alabama Crimson Tide at Alabama on their own home court. Alabama, again, coming off a very, very big win against the Houston Cougars in which they were able to find a way to claw their way back into that game, being down early and come away with a victory. 
I don't like their chances as much tonight. I think Gonzaga is going to be a little bit more buttoned up with the experience they have. Alabama starting a lot of freshmen. I know they're on their home court tonight, but I see some problems that Gonzaga can, can, po- can pose to Alabama. So give me Tennessee Volunteers and give me the Gonzaga Bulldogs, both on the road as modest, slight underdogs, but I think they should be able to come away with victories. What are your last two picks, Sam? And then we'll wrap this thing up and get everyone out of here so they can go watch some college basketball today. Yeah, I'll stay close to home as far as the Kentucky Wildcats are making New York City their home because there is another marquee matchup in the CBS Sports Classic between the North Carolina Tar Heels and the number 23-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. I think this is a get-right opportunity for this UNC team, AJ. They have struggled out the gates. Once the preseason number one-ranked team in all of college basketball has moved struggling through the first initial wave of this college basketball season, sitting at 7-4, and four, taking on the 7-2 and two Ohio State Buckeyes, AJ. UNC does come in as the slight edge favorite. I've seen an around two-and-a-half-point spread, AJ. I think this is an opportunity for the UNC Tar Heels to really find their identity on one of the largest stages in college basketball at Madison Square Garden, AJ. I think it's a get-right opportunity. I like the matchups that pose favorably for this UNC Tar Heels team, and I believe that they're able to right their early wrongs in this initial wave of the basketball season. I then move as my last pick, AJ, to the number three team in the entire country who is going on the road in Indy to take on the 8-3 and three Big East Butler. I think this is a game where UConn can t- continue to show their dominance in college basketball, AJ. They, as according to Ken Palm, are the number one team in the entire country. They're sitting at an 11-0, and this is their first opportunity to pick up a win within conference play. They're favored by seven and a half. I think they're able to assert their dominance on the road and get a good identity win early in this Big East conference to show that they have the upper hand within conference play this AJ. Those are my picks. Let's see how it fares for me this week. Hopefully I can gain some ground back on you. Yeah, Sam, it's you know, it's just one week and we got we got a long way to go. So I know I'm I'm leading you in the standings by just a little bit, but again, that can change very 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 quick. Every single game I pick today is within a 3-point spread. Couple teams on the road. So potential for me to lose a couple, you gain some ground, but we'll continue to monitor the rank the standings between me and Sam as we go along. Just a little chance for us to get you some insight into some of these other big-time matchups. And like we said today, Sam, it is a loaded slate of games, a ton of top 25 matchups. There is going to be a lot of very good basketball on display today. So kick back, grab a cold one, get a couple snacks, invite your friends over, and glue yourself to the TV because there is nonstop basketball all day. That is going to do it for us here at the All Out Kentucky Podcast. You can always go on social media and follow the podcast there at AO Kentucky Pod. You can go on Twitter and follow me there 
at Andrew J. Bradley. You can follow Sam there at SamBrad66. We appreciate all of you guys listening. Sam, I appreciate your time today. Thank you for coming on and breaking this all down. And go Cats. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S, Cats, Cats, Cats.